the kingdom belongs to his sheep and your life is in the hands of a God who never sleeps fear not little lamb for the kingdom belongs to his sheep and your in the hands of a God who never sleeps. Hey, and welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. And I'm Abby. And today we are rounding out this season with an AMA episode where people from the group have asked us a bunch of random questions and um yeah we're gonna answer those now and we're starting off with a nice light non-divisive one at all <laughs> what are your plans for schooling your kids <laughs> oh great was this from alana <laughs> i don't i don't have who asked what questions in front of me but yeah it probably was she i saw this in an, yeah i saw this and it was like Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, please no. So Katie, Sam, and I actually just all happen to have the same kind of philosophy on schooling. And we didn't necessarily plan it that way. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, Katie and Sam were more on board with it than I was. I've just kind of recently studied it and researched it and come around to it. So we didn't actually do that on purpose <laughs> when and, we started the podcast. You know, for as evangelical as uh, as Sam and I can be, I, I think we did a really good job restraining ourselves in terms of like not like bombarding you with. Yeah. With, well, like, and we've really, and we've really tried to, it's not like, um, like as strongly as we can feel about it, it's not like you don't have to do it to be a good gentle parent. You know what I mean? So like we've really kind of tried to keep it a little bit separate from our podcast and give people the liberty to make different decisions for their families. And I guess what (laughs) we should explain what it is. Yeah. (laughs) I guess we should get into it just a little bit. We won't spend a ton of time on it, but no, but we're, all unschoolers as far as like philosophically goes like uh, Abby and I we you know just have toddlers at this point so they basically are just unschooled because they're toddlers by virtue of being toddlers (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, but Sam is also you know with her for um, taking that route as well and we're all pretty um, at least you know speaking for myself and I know Abby and Sam feel similarly we're all pretty convinced um of our reasons and stuff and you know i'm really thankful that we're all in positions where we can we can do that yeah we can be home um but yeah i i grew up homeschooled um it was pretty chill homeschooled environment um and i've told my mom that i (laughs) that i really wish that she had just committed to unschooling you know what I mean like because I feel like there was she was kind of trying to keep up with 
in the 90s and early 2000s when my sister and I were being homeschooled and my brothers were homeschooled for a few years um, in the 80s um, but yeah in the in in those years like homeschooling was really it was its own culture you know mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'm sure you remember Abby like mm-hmm. you had a lot of that influence as well like yep. the culture around homeschooling was super super academic and it was really like yes very strict and a lot of people doing bob jones and a becca and all sorts of stuff like that and my mom took a different uh tack with me and my sister and was like she was pretty chill and really followed our lead something i guess more like charlotte mason except um not charlotte mason kind of hodgepodge yeah exactly and I just wish that she had really committed to unschooling because I, I feel like she would have felt better right. ab- about things and would have had a, um, a more like a more solid approach in her own mind to what we were, how we were going to be living and schooling and yeah. not schooling. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny because I think that's one of the main like misunderstandings about unschooling is that it's just kind of like lazy schooling, lackadaisical, you know. Um, and there's an element of it that's much more laid back because it's not compulsory education. Right. Um, but yeah, I kind of like that was my misinterpretation of it that kind of held me back was like, oh, well, it's just those parents just like let their kids play video games and their jammies all day, you know, kind of thing. Um, But I actually, I grew up pretty, my mom was like the homeschool queen bee. She actually ran like a homeschooling business um, doing like the end of year testing for homeschoolers in North Carolina and consulting with homeschool families and ran a really successful co-op for high school students. And so she, we were like immersed in that world big time, but it was definitely more of the like structured, mm-hmm. um, not classic. Uh, we never did like classical education, but yeah, it was, it was a little more compulsory intensive. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I think one of the things that holds people back a lot of the time from homeschooling and from unschooling in particular, or no, I shouldn't say that. One one of the things that I think holds people back from homeschooling is that they really feel obligated to do everything the way the school system does it. Yes. And they feel like they have to set up a whole school at their house. And so their expectations are like through the roof, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to do what like how many subjects does a kid have and they have a different teacher for each subject and mm-hmm. you know all of these different things in place to keep things going and you know trying to expect that of yourself is kind of crazy and it's totally unnecessary in my opinion but yeah we'll get into all of that. right well, I was gonna say like man if my kid were older and home from public school right now with the whole pandemic thing I'd be pulling my hair out too feeling like yeah. I did public school at home yeah. Um, cause it's just not meant to translate that way. And so no. at least for the three of us, I know that's, we kind of feel like it doesn't have to translate that way. So we kind of are taking a different route, but yeah. anyway, if any of you guys have questions about that, we have about 
700 books and articles and groups we can recommend to you. <laughs> so. Amen. Yeah, actually, I was going to to us. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say actually if people would like to ask, like ask more questions about unschooling or homeschooling in general, um, feel free to join the group or if you're already in the group, uh, ask away. Um, mm -hmm. There's I quite love a few talking about this. And there's quite a few unschoolers in our group. Mm -hmm. Um several who are unschooling and have unschooled all the way through um, yeah. or at least part most of the way through and having those veteran unschoolers is I don't know between that and kind of having people to bounce misconceptions and concerns off of that was really kind of what did it yeah. for me like seeing people who had done it and their kids were like actually successful thriving adults and not right. just that but like super intrinsically motivated and like all these kind of cool things. So, right. um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So let's go on to the next question, which is, is there an age you are most nervous or curious about gentle parenting through? Actually, yes. You know, <laughs> I had seen this and I, I saw it and I was like, you know what? I need to think about my answers. And then I didn't. And so this is like <laughs> coming out of nowhere. <laughs> but now that I am thinking about it, um, I think puberty is probably when I'm the most nervous. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like 11 through 13. Maybe That's actually 13. what I was going to say too. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm more nervous to raise girls, you know, God willing, and, you know, we may have a girl in the future, who knows, but uh, I don't know if I'm more nervous to raise a boy or a girl through puberty. They're both so... They have such unique challenges. Yeah, and it's so intense either way. And that's kind of what I was going to say is I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on, like, well, I feel like I have a really good grasp on toddlers because there's a lot of gentle parenting material for toddlers. Right. And elementary, I, you know, feel like I've done a lot of research and just learned a lot, gleaned a lot from other gentle parents. And then kind of weirdly enough, I kind of feel like I have a picture in my head of how I want to parent teens. Me too. Yeah. But it's that like, like getting from, like making that jump that oh. I'm kind of nervous about because there's know. this like in between where you're still like you're not quite to the age where you can like operate a little more contractually and make negotiations, right. but right. like they're still like under your roof, but they're trying to get out, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I don't, I totally know exactly what you mean. And I like parenting teens, it, like gentle parenting with teens is actually how I came. Well, I guess it was more, it was less like how I came to gentle parenting per se and more how I came to evaluate my own teenhood. Like the things that I was yeah. listening to in terms of um, like psychology and boundaries and like evaluating your, your own upbringing, all of that centered in my mind around my teenness yeah when I was a teen and so that's like I have a, a pretty solid idea of how I want to approach my teen Does yeah that and, and that's actually what I was going to kind of say is I think 
better than any other age in which you were under your parents' roof. You really remember your teen years with the most clarity. Yeah. And so you can kind of remember how you felt, how you wish you had been treated, or maybe Mm -hmm. how they did a great job treating you. Right. Um, And I think the most natural inclination and desire there is like, I wish I had been treated in a way that lines up with gentle parenting. Yeah. Um, So that kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, those middle school type years are kind of a, kind of a mystery zone. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, the, the, the hormonal thing is really, it may, it plays a, such a huge part in their attitudes and in their outlook. I mean, hormones play such a huge, important part in anyone's life. And when they're out of whack or when they're in a season of flux, you know, like seriously, my temper flares or I get really sullen and depressed and like, you know, it goes kind of haywire in, you know, certain seasons and certain times. And it's like, I remember back to being a tween and it was like, oh my gosh. I know. It it's like so intense. Every- I know. I really, <laughs> I, I would listen to, um, dang, dang, what is that song? Bring me back to life. Dang. Oh, what is the name of that song? Wake me up inside. Is that what yes, you're from Evanescence. <laughs> I would like lay on my floor listening to that song like <laughs> oh my god like so upset like nobody understands me like I just feel yeah. so sad I know like the really moody angsty like Avril Lavigne song oh Avril Lavigne was my yeah. jam and yeah. I felt like nobody 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 understands no not a one yeah. not a soul in the universe and you know we can like laugh about it now but those feelings are so real when and you're they 12 are. they are they so are <laughs> it's just funny it is a little oh funny. it, is. it but, is funny but it is so intense at the time you know and i think that's what's kind of funny about it because with the hindsight that adulthood brings like yes you can see how like but when you have it, a lot more clarity around those areas that you're so right. confused and yeah. mystified by you know yeah. and yeah. It, and that's the thing it is such a confusing time and I just really hope to be um kind of a pillar yeah. in my kid's life in that time you know where they can come and feel like at least mom understands or wants me. to or yeah. wants to yeah. yeah or really wants to that's true because it is intense and it is scary and confusing yeah um as much as we may giggle now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So the next one is, what person has been the biggest influence on your gentle parenting journey? And they meant for this to Ooh. be like a person you know, not like a oh. gentle parenting figure. Oh, right. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, for me, I kind of had like three main people in mind. Katie was one we were seriously we were pregnant at the same time right when I was kind of like working through all this um I was given (laughs) seven copies of shepherding a child's heart while I was pregnant oh my my gosh seven I don't think I knew knew that seven that's crazy (laughs) no less than seven (laughs) 
And, um, you know, I had thought about, like, I was pretty interested in child development. I've shared some of that on here before, but, um, yeah, just everything I knew about child development, it just was not lining up with this, like, uber popular Bible on parenting. Um, so, yeah, just kind of having someone that was pregnant at the same time as me and being able to, like, bounce ideas off of. And Katie and Cornet were already really well-established in their um, gentle parenting slash at least, you know, non-spanking um, position. So that was like actually super helpful. And then a couple of people from my church, actually, um, my church doesn't, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like I'm sure most churches are as far as parenting goes, but, um, there's an older lady in my church that is just very dear to me and has listened to and supported our podcast and just talked to me about it and encouraged me Mm. in it, even though she didn't raise her kids that way. Um, she's just been very like open to it and encouraging, um, about, you know, not just the podcast, but in our raising Evie this way. Um, and then I do have another gentle parenting friend at my church who's raising, um, you know, kids the same age as mine. So that's like always encouraging to know you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah. One, at least one other person out there that isn't is kind of choosing the same path as you so yeah for sure um I think I would have to say if I'm being really honest with myself like my internal self is like my mom you know but it's actually not true she's been a huge help in terms of just being who I am as a person and been very encouraging um but in terms of influencing and yeah in my gentle parenting walk it'd probably be you and Sam actually Mm -hmm. and just having you guys as like my sounding board Mm -hmm. and um you know further out like our tending lambs admins and and the whole group but I like you guys have been you know since oh man, we've been doing this podcast for so long and it has been in terms of my parenting and my philosophy on parenting, this whole, however long we've been doing this podcast, like over a year now has been super transformative for me. Yeah, Like going through researching with you guys and talking through things with you guys and planning, um, outlines and stuff and just having you guys is like uh what are you doing for this and how do you handle this and and you know all the things in between it's just yeah yeah, this has been really helpful yeah it's so helpful to have someone who is in the same boat with you that you can say like like there have been a couple times I've messaged Katie and Sam and just been like I am on the cusp here like (laughs) It's that day. Today's the day. I'm on the cusp and I don't know how to gentle parent anymore. 60 and million meltdowns later and yeah. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Three hours in, people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so encouraging to have someone who are, you know, like people who you know are on the same page as you and aren't yeah. going to be like, well, if you would just spank or if you just right. set that kid in timeout or, yeah. you know, like it's just, yeah, there's really nothing like that. 
Mm-mm. And it's so important for people to get, like, even if you yeah. don't have people in your church that are, that are gentle parents, like, yeah. seriously, like plug into your groups and, and mm-hmm. really reach out and get advice and make friends. And, you know, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I've even, um, I've thought about trying to start something like locally too. Um, oh yeah. Just to see, like maybe put the name of my county gentle parents and see who pops up. Oh, that would be <laughs> like, oh, just try, it. you know, like who knows, but, um, just cause like, I feel like I do have that support, but man, it is so hard when you don't. Yeah. In and person you're doing it alone. Really nice. Yeah. 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 So, Okay. Okay. So what's the next? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> how can being in the car with toddlers work without ex- excessive screen time or toddler anguish? I'm sorry, I have no answers for <laughs> you. Um well we just don't do screen time in the car. We yeah. just don't. So we don't either. We end up with a bit of anguish. We bring like if we're gonna be in the car for a long haul, uh, we do snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, like more snacks than I would normally allow because if it's like uh, you know two hours or more, it's like what else is he gonna do back there? Like just yeah, by himself. Right. Um, and maybe that, I don't know, maybe that's my dysfunction, but I feel like it really helps. Um, a couple uh, of things that have helped us is like, that's number one. We really don't get in the car without yeah. a snack yeah. of some sort that I know she'll enjoy. Um, and water or something. And water drink. or milk or something yeah. to drink. Um, and then another thing that we've done, a couple things, we have like, car toys that just live in the car mm-hmm. and they're things I know she really enjoys. They're books about her favorite animals. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one of those Melissa and Doug water coloring things. I forget what they're called, but basically you just put water in the little crayon and when she colors on the page, the water like oh, yeah. turns it into a picture or whatever. And she yeah. really likes but that fun. car and it's like mess free. It's a way to actually color in the car. Um, that's a good idea. We have some window clings that she really likes that you can like pull on and off the window. Mm-hmm. And I got them in her, she loves butterflies. So we are butterfly window clings. So just kind of thinking through some fun things that are unique to the car that he or she wouldn't get to do maybe outside of the car very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other suggestion is if you are going to do screen time, like make it maybe more productive screen time if you really are trying to limit that, like, um, one thing I do with my phone, so we have Spotify. And so I've set my phone up to where I can open Spotify for Evie and then lock it. So she can't get out of the Spotify app. And so her really only option is to go through and kind of click on different songs and, you know, explore some music. So I don't know, maybe I consider that a little more productive than just like watching YouTube videos. (laughs) Right. Or whatever. (laughs) And I would, you know, I would save any screen time for, like, Calvin can usually handle about 45 minutes in the car before he starts getting really upset. Like, he's, like, over it. Saving it for that. I would, yeah, save it for past that mark. (laughs) Like, don't, uh, you know, uh, don't anticipate the whole frustration and just 
stick the screen in front of them because yeah that's gonna they're gonna get bored and it's not gonna be nice and it's and then they're gonna throw your phone asking how I know (laughs) (laughs) I know the only other thought I had was to just make sure their car seat is fitting properly like if the straps are hitting their legs in a weird way or oh yeah as comfortable as possible and unfortunately just embrace the suck sometimes yep I mean we really try to not get in the car for that long, but yeah. I know it's it's just necessary. And some kids sometimes. really don't even last that long. Evie is about yeah. the same time, same 30, 45 minutes. She's kind of over it. Yeah. I know some toddlers, like, are, they're 10 minutes in, and it's, right. they're already in the trenches. So. It also depends on his mood, too. Most yeah. of the time, 45 minutes is okay, but some days he's just, like, as soon as he's in the car seat, he's, like. And I think if you have the option like like we've talked about before setting your kid up for success evie does best in the car right after her nap yeah um she's well rested she's ready for her snack she's ready to go on an adventure so if you have the option to choose the time if it's running errands or something i think that is a good a good tip too yeah and if it's like less than that like less than 45 minutes then i would say just like really just embrace it like yeah it's just gonna suck yep um unfortunately yeah yeah i mean do everything we've said like you know try and make it pleasant like pleasant for them but yeah um okay so what are some of your hobbies that your kids enjoy as well well We have toddlers, so. <laughs> well, actually, for Evie, it's not as well. I really enjoy reading, and she loves books. We read all of her books like four times a day, so yeah, that's kind yeah, of encouraging to me. But she loves music, and she gets that direct. Her dad, my husband, is a music professor. Um, but she is like, like I said, I had to figure out how to walk her into Spotify because. She asks for her songs like yeah. probably 10 or 12 times a day. And she yeah. loves playing her xylophone and we have a little baby guitar for her and she That's so cute. climbs up on our piano bench and Abe is teaching her how to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Um, That's amazing. So she just loves music and she actually has like decent pitch, which yeah. is kind of weird. Um, that's so that's, some, that's a bond. I love music too, but obviously not, I'm not like really great at it or anything so that's something that at least the two of them really share right now well currently calvin likes watering my plants (laughs) so that counts that's cute he loves it he asks every night and it actually or like every afternoon evening um it actually helps me water them Mm -hmm. (laughs) like right because the tomatoes remember yeah, it's been really well. It hasn't been really hot, but it's been they get a lot of direct sunlight, and so they need to be watered every day. And uh, yeah, so my tomatoes are nicely watered because <laughs> he's into that right now. Um, otherwise, he really likes cars, you know, and I don't so much. So, I mean, it's not really a hobby that I've, I've picked up. <laughs> yeah, it's um, funny. Okay, so the next one. What are some of your favorite gentle kid books? And I'm assuming what that meant was like books for kids that are um, that complement gentle parenting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I made a short list. I don't, I haven't, I own a lot of these. I haven't read all of them. Um, one I see recommended in our group all the time is The Rabbit Listened. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. have all the authors. I think that one is for more like four to six, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one that Katie and I both have is I'll Never Let You Go. That's a really cute board book for more of like toddler ages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a, my favorite page is like these little alligators and the mommy alligators like, um, you know what, for as many times a day as I read this book, I can't <laughs> quote it off the top of my head right now. <laughs> Oh, it, when I'll, you're bothered and all in a flap, I'll wait by your side while you snip and you snap. That's what it says. Yes, there you go. Um, but it just has like all these sweet, like, um, when you're excited, the world joins with you. You bounce all about. Look, I'm bouncing too. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're sad and troubled by fears, I'll hold you close. And it's just a very sweet book. And the pages are really short. Evie can usually sit through the whole thing. So that one's a really but- sweet one. Osborne has a few really good emotion books. Yeah, I have one of those written down. We have, it's called What If I Know My Feelings. And it goes through all the feeling monsters. Like, they're these cute little monsters. Um, And it just talks about things that you can do when you feel a certain way. You know, when you're shy, you can wait until you're ready to join in. When you're angry, you can count to ten and just things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's a good one. And I think Alana... Um, has recommended a couple others. That's the only one we have from Usborne. Yeah. Um, Hands are not for hitting. Voices are not for yelling. And then just one on the body is God made all of me. That's oh, a good yeah. One. I've heard that one. Recommended yeah. A lot. yeah. Um, and then I saw another one recommended in our group. It's called Be Kind by Pat Miller. I don't own that one, but I looked at it on Amazon and it looks really good as well. So, there you go. Uh, Okay, so what life or behavior problems have been the biggest GP challenge so far? Well, for me so far, the biggest challenge is not trying to placate Calvin and avoid tantrums. Like, that's really it. Like the biggest thing. I mean, there've been some other chat, like obviously there's, you know, life is challenging in multiple ways. You have relationships with people at church that aren't um, GP and you have like disagreements with other, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that comes up, but I think like the most consistent and the most difficult thing for me is like, is that, and I do recognize a, a tendency to, try and placate him and I'm like ah it's like stronger than myself you know I realize I'm doing it as I'm doing it and it's really annoying yeah I think the biggest challenge for me has been I mean that stuff challenge is challenging I don't care who you are you can be mother Teresa and I'm sorry like having a screaming toddler is stressful it is um I think the biggest like personal challenge has been realizing how triggered I can be by a two-year-old oh yeah, that is like eye-opening to me honestly mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I still have a lot of work to do on myself mm-hmm. um even though I know it's normal like the things I don't know feeling so triggered by a two-year-old is like wait a minute <laughs> like, yeah you can this is well, crazy you can just, like- 
<laughs> so challenged. Yeah. And so like threatened somehow. You do. I do. Like sometimes I feel so challenged and threatened and I really try to not like let that come through. Right. But man, yeah, realizing like that parenting is so much more work on yourself than Ooh. even like day-to-day choices, you know? Yeah, that is That true. has been really kind of challenging to me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that like that is probably actually more accurate. Your statement right there. For me, it like because the placating Calvin mm-hmm. is it comes from that. It it like it all stems from the challenging work that I have to do in myself and my own triggers and my own like responses to those triggers. And so that's probably even more than just like the practical, like trying mm-hmm. to placate Calvin. The biggest challenge for me is like recognizing how, how much more important my overarching like self work and emotional work is Mm-hmm. like than just like any one day-to-day like moment and I think maybe for me like I do struggle sometimes with wanting to placate Evie but my more natural reaction actually unfortunately <laughs> is like stonewalling kind of like mm. just like okay well you just are going to be over there throwing your tantrum and you know yeah. and like sometimes the reaction like sometimes that's okay to be like you need to be alone she actually prefers a tantrum alone (laughs) to be honest (laughs) but it's my like it's how quickly I see myself kind of shutting down to Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that is kind of worrisome to me and I'm like wow wait a minute she's too you know right Yeah, yeah yeah wait hold on so I don't necessarily like rush in to like placate and make everything okay I kind of have the opposite reaction um, even though I generally consider myself a pretty nurturing person, it's like, wow, yeah, just realizing I still have a lot of work to do on myself. Yeah. And yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, what's a benefit of gentle parenting that you never expected? Oh gosh, I know this one. I, me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> My other relationships have yeah. benefited so so much from gentle parenting like my the way I communicate with my husband how mindful I am in my relationship with him like with my mom like all of this self-evaluation that I like never knew would happen like it what started as just like a I don't want to spank and I don't believe it's commanded has turned into like literally an entire approach to life and relationships Mm -hmm. and my other relationships have benefited a lot yeah that's what I was gonna say too um it's really it's really changed the way that I view like the way I set boundaries with people Mm -hmm. um and yeah just communicate with other people friends family my husband um and yeah, that's all actually all I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, like, for me, just to go on just a little bit further about this, like, it has really helped me um, feel more confident about, like, going into the older 
years with my kids. Yeah. And also, um, just in how I relate to myself, mm-hmm. like it's really weird. Like I'm much nicer to myself now. Yeah. And much more in tune with like exactly how I'm feeling. Yes. Yeah. So huge. I've really noticed that. And a huge one for me has been like realizing when I'm triggered and I need to Mm. calm down. Cause Mm -hmm. that's like, that's a grace that I extend to my child and kind of naturally I've been able to extend it to myself too. Yeah. Like realizing like, you can't be unaffected by learning how your brain works, right? No. Right, right. <laughs> but, like, when you learn how your child's brain works and realize that, like, this applies to adults, too. Like, this is how the human brain works. Mm-hmm. You can, go, you can give yourself permission to, like, not tough it out. Yeah. Like, no, I am literally in a lizard brain right now, and I can't. There's no toughing it out, you know? Right. I just have to calm down before I can be reasonable. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's been another really huge one. That's been super cool to experience and to kind of look back on. And, you know, the moments when you realize you're doing it, you know, like, oh, I'm being mindful right now. That might sound really lame, but like, wow, it's just so cool sometimes when you realize, like, I would not have had this response to this emotional um, event two years ago or four years ago or 10 years ago, especially, you know, Um, but I look at how I'm able to be mindful in my conversations with people and in my like day-to-day life and thought life. And that has been really huge. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Next is what's on your summer reading list. Ooh. Um, for me, I have, um, oh, the name of it. Oh, (laughs) this is maybe one I shouldn't mention, but I, you know what? Who cares? Um, my number one right now is recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am five chapters into. (laughs) Nice. It's kind of starting off the summer heavy. Nice. Um, so just in case anyone's concerned, it's not about recovering from actual biblical manhood and womanhood. There is a book titled Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood that came out in the 80s and is, I don't know, we both consider really detrimental. So it's not like you actually have to recover from actual biblical manhood and womanhood. No, no. Yeah, this, is, this book is a response to another book that's had certain assertions about biblical manhood and womanhood that uh, this person seeks to correct. So um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, I just finished the Harry Potter series again, and I'll probably for fiction this year, I'll probably pick up the Hunger Games again. Mm -hmm. Um, I return to my favorite books frequently. So yeah. Yeah. I am in the middle of heartfelt discipline with our group and it's going really well. Um, We're on chapter four this week. So I'll be reading that for the next, I guess, couple or month, month and a half, maybe. 
um, a little bit slower than I normally read, but it's actually really good for me to slow down because I'm usually a fast reader. Um, so yes, that I'm planning on doing. Um, and then I am in the middle of this recovering biblical manhood and womanhood, re recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood. Right. Um, usually I try to reread the whole brainchild once a year. So I may get to that after I'm done with the ones I'm currently in the middle of. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I find like every six months or so I'm like, Hmm. I suddenly am faced with new challenges that I don't know how to handle. Mm -hmm. I should reread The Whole Brain Child. <laughs> um, and then I would like to read, um, there's a novel that I've been wanting to read um, from the perspective of an immigrant called American Dirt Ooh. that my pastor's wife actually recommended to me. It's like a critically acclaimed novel. Um, but it's written from the perspective of an immigrant. So that one has been on my reading list for my next novel. That's great. I had a whole list. I don't know where it went. I had a list on my notes app of books to read that I had seen from people recommend at, you know, at various places um, that I looked up and thought would be interesting for me too. And it's gone. And so I was very upset about that. Well, you um, should get on Goodreads. Yeah, I am. You know, I am. Oh, here's another one that's GP related that, um, I, well, it, it corresponds. It's helpful is Scattered Minds by Gabor Mate, I guess is how you say his name. Hmm. Uh, it's about living with ADHD and oh. how it works and how to function with it and how to function with people with it. And, um, yeah, I've, that's like top of my list. So I'm excited about that one. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. So the last question is how do you talk to someone who will be watching your kid quite a bit about the difference between gentle and permissive parenting? And then they provide a little bit of context uh, the, this person's mom thinks she gentle parented them. She was very permissive. She wants them to be on the same page, but doesn't know how to tell her what she did and what, like what her mom did and what she wants are vastly different. Um, so just in general, I would say there's a big difference between like a paid caregiver and a family member. So just in general, if this question were aimed more towards a paid caregiver, I would just say, I think you can be a little bit more outright about it, about your expectations, because you're contracting with this person to take care of your child yeah. and you're paying them for it. So I think that's a pretty fair expectation. It gets so much muddier when it's family. Yeah, it's way more... I, it is way more complex. It's just the reality of it is whether or not it should be, you know, yeah. it, but you know, that could be debated, but it is more complex when you have a family member, especially yeah. your mom. That's yeah. yeah. I can understand why this is a, one thing I did want to point out about this is grandparents in general are just going to be more permissive. Yeah. Um, and so I guess one piece of advice I would have is to pick your battles. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my mother-in-law is amazing, um, with Evie and does such an amazing job with her. 
Um, and there are things she does that I wouldn't do. But, you know, it's one of those, like, you just pick your battles. Kind of thing. Like, yeah. am I really going to die on the hill of not having an orange with dinner? You know, like, no, right. I'm not. She's at Hermie Mee's house. Just have an orange with dinner. You know, it's not going to kill anyone. Or, um, and there may, you know, there have been and there probably will be more things that come up that are worth bringing up because we do need to be on the same page. So that would be one thing I would say is kind of pick which yeah. battles you want to engage with. Um, if she's taking care of your child a lot, um, I would kind of try to major in the majors and minor in the minors on that. Yeah. One of the things that <clears throat> I've tried to keep in mind um, when I, you know, when Calvin is around other people that are strongly influencing him, like grandparents or like my mom or uh, she's watching him or my sister, um, is that they're not, they'll be an influence. Of course, the culture around your family is also a huge influence, but um, the biggest influence in your kid's life is going to be you and yep. your, your partner. And so it's so important to remember that, that your kids are not going to be ruined by a grandparent that is a little bit more permissive. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you, they're, they're going to be okay. And I mean, if it comes to something like health, like, no, we can't eat that, or, you know, we don't allow them that much sugar or what have you, you know, everybody has different philosophies about that. And when it comes to things that are, like Abby said, major, big things that you are like principles for you, like mm -hmm. can be how you eat, you know, can be like spanking, you know, these big things. Um, um, I would say another big one is, um, for me is expressing emotion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to be super clear with my mom about, uh, how to handle that with Calvin. And, you know, those are some major things for me. Um, and you know, for some family members, it's placating with food and having to say, please don't do that. Like, let him cry, you know, that yeah. different things like that. It is worth just saying it, you know, when it comes up, you say, actually, I, I would rather you not handle it that way. Like, just don't give him food or just, you know, he can cry. Don't, you don't have to buy him that thing. Or, you know, you can right. say, you uh, it's worth it to s develop um, the confidence in your position yep. to be able to just say things like that. But don't, you know, like Abby said, pick your battles. It doesn't have to be every little thing. You know, they're going to get more whatever from grandparents. You know, they're going to get more snacks. <laughs> that kind yeah. Of thing, you know. The other thing I was going to say is just equip them, like give them the tools to parent the way that you want your child parented. So if it's a food thing um, and they just don't have or provide food that you prefer for your child, provide that food for them. Drop mm -hmm. them off with the food that you want them to eat um, and take that load off of your parents. Yeah. You know, say like, hey, mom, you know, this is the way that we're really trying to feed little Jimmy here. And so if you don't mind, I'm just going to prep his lunch for you and 
that way you don't have to worry about it. Um, or if it's the way that they speak to them, maybe um, give them the tool. Say, hey, this is an article about how we're really comfortable handling it. And um, it gives some suggestions about sentences or phrases you can say when little Jimmy's having a meltdown in the store because you won't buy him the thing or whatever. Right. Um, so just try to try to equip them and give them tools um, for how you want it handled rather than just expecting them to know exactly how to handle it. Cause for all the research that you've done as a gentle parent, your mom probably hasn't. <laughs> um, she just raised her kids, you know, the way that she raised them. And I doubt she's thought much about parenting since her last kid left the nest. So yeah. um, try to assume the best, but yeah, you know, provide them the tools. And like Katie was saying, just be confident in your position and um, yeah, take it from there, I guess. Yeah. Um, it is okay, albeit difficult, to say, please don't let them do X, Y, and Z. I don't want them to do these things. You know, if you're talking to a permissive grandparent and they're letting them be destructive, for mm -hmm. example, um, that is inevitably going to result in the grandparent getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. It just is. That's how it works with permissive parenting um, is you allow things because you're, you're trying to placate a certain, you know, you're trying to avoid um, the big upset that comes when you stop a certain behavior, but right. then eventually you, you become frustrated because they kids take, that's what they do. They're learning where the boundaries are. They're learning, you know, how much is too much and how much is enough. And they're going to keep doing what they're doing unless they've been given boundaries. And that can be become really, really frustrating to someone who's hoping that a kid just stops, you mm -hmm. know, like that's just, you know, and so it is totally okay to say, Hey mom, I'd really, really appreciate it. If you stopped letting them do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's just, it's kind of one of those things that there's really no easy way, easier way to do it. Right. You know, you just have to, it's, it's up to your own wisdom and your own discretion in the moment, how uh, blunt or, you know, how you want to present it. But at some point it does require just, you know, saying and being upfront about it. Yeah. Well, that actually wraps up all of the questions that we got. Um, and it wraps up season two of the Tending Lambs podcast. Nice. So now we have a whole summer to come up with ideas and plan things for next season. Yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> so we are going to be off for the next two months. Um, we're taking June and July off. Um, we're going to plan a bunch of fun and exciting things for next season. And man, it's been a great season. Yeah. Been really fun. We've learned so much since we started. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a good season. You really have. Yeah. So I guess that is it for now. And we will talk to you guys this fall. And until then, um, join our group and we'll be hanging out with you guys in there. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks.
Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. There's always so much more that can be said. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us in the Tending Lambs Facebook group. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tendinglambs, Instagram at tendinglambs, and for show notes, our blog, and other gentle parenting resources, check out tendinglambs.com. If you're a fan of this podcast and would like to help us continue creating content, we now have a Patreon. We'd love it if you would consider supporting us through that platform. As a patron, you'll be supporting the podcast, blog, and entire Tending Lambs community. But not only that, you'll receive lots of fun perks as well. Sign up to support us at patreon.com slash tendinglambs. And as always, until next time.